What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, I'm your host, and today I've got with me CJ Wally. Hello, CJ. Hey, Stuart. Right, sir. Now, I'm very grateful. The audience doesn't know this, but... um, but I've been a pain in the ass this uh, this this early evening. I'm, I'm, I'm an hour late, so uh, I've already done my apologies. But we had a nice chat while I was on the bus going across East London. So it was uh, we had our little preamble, which I always hope to get with a podcast host, and I actually got it for real this time without any pressure of about to start a podcast. So that was nice. So go on, sorry. It was a lovely little chat, Stuart. It was. We uh, we nailed a bit of how to adapt a novel to a screenplay. Yeah. Now, why are, we, uh, why are we coming together to talk on the podcast? Script Revolution, CJ. Do you want to tell us what that is? Script Revolution is a free script hosting platform available to any filmmaker in the world. And how does a filmmaker get their stuff on Script Revolution? <laughs> okay, well, um, so if you're a screenwriter... Mm-hmm. Um, you can go on there, scriptrevolution.com, sign up, enter a bio, upload your material. It's pretty simple to do, pretty easy to do. Make people don't seem to have any problem doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you're a filmmaker, you can sign up, enter your bio, and you can start downloading scripts. And it's as simple as that. So, what inspired you to start the script revolution? I think that... You know, I've been in this, this is year seven for me, and right. I've got to know people, I've got friendly with other screenwriters, and I've watched them drop off yeah. one by one, and they've lost hope. That's the problem, because the writing's hard enough. True. Writing, writing a spec script, you know, it's a big commitment for someone to do, with no compensation. Yeah, nobody's, Which, nobody's asked you, have they? That's the problem. Exactly, no one's asked you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, doing that over and over again and putting all this faith in the latest scripts and then kind of playing these lotteries to try and get it noticed. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, it wasn't so bad. But now there's so much noise out there and there's so much preying on people. And I, I just noticed more and more people are just feeling exasperated 
they're in despair, completely hopeless, because they feel they've got to turn into agents, into managers, into marketing people, just to get a read. What do you mean by noise? So much noise out there. <laughs> well, they say, you know, there's around 50,000 new spec scripts on the market every year. That's Jesus. probably a conservative estimate Jesus when you take Christ. the whole field into account. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that's just the kind of numbers that are going through the WGA registry. Um, And all those people want to get read. And what we're doing at the moment is we're just putting all our attention on one town in California. So the supply and demand is absolutely completely out of whack. You've got, you know, a few studios, a handful of studios a few sort of boutique production companies mm-hmm. independents, and there's you know about a thousand scripts to every single person. The odds aren't good there, are they, CJ? <laughs> the odds appear to be a point, and and that's the that's the message that people are getting. Screenwriters and screenwriting communities are being told over and over again: you've got a one in million chance, and. I would thought the script revolution is an opportunity to sort of give people some hope, this to just know that their material is somewhere and it's not draining their finances. Mm-hmm. It, they can put as much of it mm-hmm. as they want. There's no limit to, to what goes on there. They, you know, they know who's downloading it. They get all that, and without the pressure and anxiety of either a financial commitment or a time commitment. So, what do you what do you require? for someone who wants to submit a screenplay to put up on Script Revolution? Um, they, can, they can, if they want to, they can just put a logline on there. Because when I first started, when I first launched the site, I was quite strict. And I said, you've got to have a PDF file, you've got to have this, you've got to have that. And I've come to learn that different screenwriters really have different levels of um, sort of faith in what they can put out there. Yeah. So quite paranoid that their content's going to get stolen. People like me, I put everything out there. I, I just want as much, many people reading my script as possible. Yeah. Um, so you can just, you can just put a title and a logline up there and you can leave it at that and people can contact you, ask you to send them a script and handle your own read requests. What I prefer is when someone goes on there, they put all the detail they can, they try to make it as professional as possible, and they put the scripts up there as well, so someone can download it there and then. So, is it a bit? Am I, have I, do I get as a if I was to put myself on? Do I get to have like um, like a profile page with me and a script, or is it the way around? Is it a script profile page that tells you I wrote it? Both ways round. So the way the database works is this is the key point in building. Because okay. right. so erosion, I, I programmed it myself. I built it myself. Blimey, O'Reilly. The biggest obstacle on this. And it all hinged on if I could work out the complexity of attaching a script or multiple scripts and a writer together. So it works both ways. You can go to a writer's bio page and then it will list all their scripts. And it's quite clever in the way it arranges the order of those. Mm -hmm. Or if you go to a specific script page, you will get the writer's bio on there a shortened version, and you will get the other scripts as well. So it's constantly maximising the chances of you getting additional exposure off the back of interest. Well, I, I'm going to say, because I'm looking, I'm looking at you now, which makes obvious sense given I'm talking to you, 
and under you I can see I can see a number of scripts I think 64 Malibu is the newest one because that's that's also in new new scripts this week but there are a number of others and before I get to that there is a lovely description as to who you are as a writer which is pretty neat that it's quite simple isn't it really but it's effective it's effective yeah. as long as people you know remain professional maximize what's there hmm. I, I, it was what frustrates me about this is it was, it was such a simple solution that needed to be made yeah. and as someone who comes from it with a little bit of web development experience i've been sat i've sat there for about three years thinking when is someone else going to do this it's it's there for the taking and the industry desperately needs it and then i just got to the point where i'm like oh i'm gonna have to do it aren't i now it's it, this is a free to join free to submit platform yep. unlike say uh, the blacklist for mm -hmm. example which is one one that i suppose is one that i know that's as as near to this sort of offer, which is upload something and then monitor downloads. And that's, I think that's in the region of about $20, $25 a month, isn't it? Yeah, $25 a month to get the script on there. And one of the things that that does, as far as I understand, is that the reads you get become add into an algorithm that creates either plus or minus to you, which would then push your script into the the attention of people looking for scripts. Equally, those scripts that don't get read or get bad reads get pushed down. So what's happening with scripts on yours? So if I was a filmmaker, if I'm a director or a producer and I'm looking for screenplays, what am I what am I able to do when I get there as a as as a as a person looking for something to film? Well, when I sort of approached this I thought I'm not going to dictate how people find scripts. Okay. Um, there's a bit of an obsession at the moment with curation. And curation is so massively flawed in that you're just putting trust in one or two people, maybe putting trust in readers, maybe putting trust in, you know, staff members to kind of pick out what they think people want. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, nobody knows anything. Most people are wrong 99% of the time. So there's quite a few different ways of doing it. It's built around mainly the concept of tags. So you can enter an absolute heap of metadata into a script, saying things like where the location is, how many cast members there are, the type of ending. There's an amazing amount you can add. <coughs> and that means that a filmmaker that has a specific need, like maybe they want a shoestring budget script and it's got to be set in New Orleans, they can go and they can put that criteria in. So it narrows things down for, for them. It helps people who already know what they want. Um, built on the back of that is things like the following system. So if someone reads a script by a writer and they like it, they can follow that writer and they can see all the material they've produced. So if they don't like the first script they see, or they, they like it but they don't want to make it, there might be another one in the future they can find or check out. But there's other ways of doing it as well. There's a favoriting system on there. Pretty simple. Mm -hmm. People can upvote, love scripts that they like. I think that's the fairest way of doing it. There's a poster wall. That's quite funky. You can go on there and you can see where people have created nice poster images and stuff. And then we also have the um, 
the awards listing on there. If someone's got an award, I'll add it in there. I have to confirm it. I have to check that it's, you know, that they've actually got it first, and then people can search by that. And then we've got Shooting the Shorts, which is um, which reviews short scripts and makes a, a case for why they should be uh, made. So there's all these different routes then, all these different funnel systems. It's not a concept of this is how we're going to push scripts. And one of the key things to remember as well is whenever there's a script listing, it's random. Nobody is paying the way to the top. Nobody is resubmitting so they're always on some kind of new list or appearing at the top. It's completely fair. So what made what made you think that this is this is the while there's sites that exist to take money off people, which I think I think the way you describe it is there's sort of a concern that maybe we've turned we're turning into a kind of almost like the way that vent, small venues do with up and coming bands is everything becomes a pay to play scenario where the pay the paying guarantees you very little if anything other than being present on a website that you're still hoping someone's going to pass by on, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got writers. I mean, first thing for me is fairness of accessibility. I There's a lot of starving artists out there. I think that, you know, if you're a, if you're a 16-year-old, you know, young woman in Detroit, you know, who's come from a disadvantaged family and you want to get a good script into Hollywood, you should not be having to get into debt or scrape by just to get one script on a, on a website for a month or two. Hmm. I have a real issue with that. There is no relationship between, you know, affordability or affluence and a creator's artistic ability. There's just no relation there. So the biggest danger in, in, a pay-to-play market, if that ever happens completely, is that you're basically just making it the domain of people who are born into you know, the middle class mm. and have some cash to spare. But that despair that people go through, that, that feeling that you know, they're entering competitions, maybe they're entering five competitions a year, they're spending $35, $50 a time on that, they, you know, maybe they're paying for, you know, submission systems and, and various databases. And then they've got the hosting on top of that. Then they've got these evaluation and, you know, feedback services. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It just seems like complete madness to me. And I, I, I really worry about my fellow writers, the effect it has on their well-being. How, how, is, the, um, how is the most loved feature scripts? dictated to the website how does that how does that work itself out super simple it's just a case of um if people favorite the scripts at the moment um you know i just think it's the fairest way of doing it my view on reviewing you know um scoring subjective material is negative opinions don't matter it only matters if someone loves it so um at the moment it's a case of it just it just tallies up how many people have favorited the script so so you're not in so okay okay that's interesting so you're you're not you're not you're not filtering you're not you're not creating a what do you call it a um almost like a quality control database you're only you're only wanting to create a rise to the top scenario 
Um, yeah, that's basically, you know, I think it's fair. I think it's one way of doing it. You know, the site's got a, a multitude of ways of, of displaying scripts and it's, it's one way of saying, look, these are the scripts that are getting the most love on the site at the moment. Mm. Um, if a script becomes, um, if it goes into production, then it's not eligible to show on the list. So it will only show scripts um, that are, you know, either, you know, on on sale or I think options as well, so people can get excited about them whilst they're being made. So, what's been um, what's been the reaction to it from that you've received from filmmakers looking for new screenplays? Have you had much feedback in that in that area? Yeah, it's been re- it's been incredibly positive. I mean, I tend I tend to occasionally get the odd person, you know, once a week or every other day, who basically exclaims. Thank goodness this exists. Like finally, this is this is what this is what I need. Because if you're if you you know if, you, if you're a small filmmaker, the level of access you have to these databases it's non-existent. And the stuff that you get sent by agencies is you know stuff that's been passed on by everybody else. So I think for a lot of filmmakers, they're seeing this as a level playing field. If they're willing to put the time in to dig through, then they're getting stuff that's fresh that no one else has, has, has passed on yet. So it's like script revolution is like the net neutrality model of making scripts available. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because I guess I never thought about it for that under the telescope. I always think of the um, of the producer for sure as being someone who who already has the wherewithal or has the um has the connections i never think of it as being i mean and, and you presenting that to me having th- thought now about conversations i've had there's always a frustration of how do i get to good scripts how do i get to now if the if the barrier to entry is i don't know um needing to pay a filmmaker subscription to I guess ISA or Inktip or or Blacklist, as we've already mentioned, then then already the world's saying to me, me as an independent filmmaker who might be speculatively making films with writers who've speculatively written screenplays, I'm making myself cash poor to get access to a material. I'm going to have to then resource for free in the short term to try and either package and or raise finance on. So if I can, by you, what you're what you're offering is a metadata tagged set of screenplays that if I know what I want, I should be able to narrow it down. And if I just know what genre I want, I can look at a whole host of them. Or if I like CJ Wally, I can look at what CJ Wally's up to. Exactly, exactly. Um, it, it's because we have to remember that um, these databases that exist already, they tend to be really quite focused on Hollywood. And for me, I, I really care a great deal about the global filmmaking community and trying to help that grow. And if you are, you know, a small production company in somewhere like Eastern Europe, or maybe you're in Africa, with a lot of people, you know, a lot of lot of lot of eager filmmakers in places like Africa, fifty dollars is is even more to you if you if you've got to subscribe to something once it's converted into your currency. Mm. Uh, Maybe you've got to use a credit card to to pay a transaction that's in another country. Maybe you've got to pay a fee on top of that. Um, and the other thing is, 
if you apply, because a lot of these sites require, you know, some kind of um, application process. And, well, I don't know why they do that, because because that allows them to control the audience. So mm. if if you're seen as, as com- competitive in a bad way, then they're not going to let you in. They're going to keep you out. And, you know... It, if you are a small filmmaker on the other side of the world, it must feel like you're completely locked out. Mm. And have you had any, do you know of any of any relative success stories where you've managed to marry up that distance and shrink it through the script revolution data uh, uh, portal? Yeah, I mean, every time, I don't tend to get a lot of people sort of emailing me saying, you know, it's finally happened, the dream's come true. I'm not going to imply that's happening often. Okay. And um, what I am seeing over and over again is I go into a community where people are talking about script revolution and someone says, oh, I'm talking to a production company or a director's approached me or there's a producer that's read my script. And all these tiny little wins are, are huge for these writers because they, they've had nothing else, nothing else. They, they're sending queries out and not getting a single read. They're, you know, buying evaluations or feedback and they just seem to be going around in circles. Um, last week, um, a writer on the site called Jason K. Allen, he, he actually has now optioned a, a feature script to um, a producer, a filmmaker in London, mm. whose his previous film, he got distribution at Cannes, you know, he's a, he's a credited, you know, he's a quality filmmaker. And um, Jason's optioned a script to him. He hasn't had to pay a penny to do that. And all he's had to really do is upload his script to script revolution and wait. So, yeah, so what, what you're saying is the, the this doesn't take away from the fact that to make a good screenplay, it's still going to involve writing and rewriting your screenplay. But what you are going to do is then penalise the writer at that stage for... Um, for, to then make that script available. Absolutely. I mean, I've been I've been reading a few books lately. I was reading. I, I've read. I've just read um, Raging Bulls, Easy Riders. Cracking I've just read. Um, yeah, um, I've got the title wrong. I'm the other way around. Yeah, I just read Down and Dirty Pictures, and the same story emerges in all these classic films over and over again. And that is that there was a lot of doubt. A lot of people who thought they were bad ideas. You know, even at the editing stage, that they were failures and flops and, and they were terrible. And my real problem with evaluation services and scoring services is if someone doesn't like a script, which, which happens all the time, we all go to movies with friends, come out, and one friend loves it, another friend hates it. And I don't see how the negative opinion is worth anything to anybody. Like, you don't like something, great, move on. <coughs> And, you know, I've, I've suffered that myself. You know, I've, I've, you know when, I, when I wrote my first scripts, I uploaded them to the blacklist and paid for reviews. And I was getting sevens, which I was pretty pleased with, but then I'd get a three. And, of course, then that would create an average score effect of a five. And I didn't see the value in that. I didn't, I didn't see, you know, if, if three people love something, that's worth knowing. If three people love something and one person doesn't, I don't see the value in that. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, there is there is something about. I remember talking to someone early on in my my journey, where it was. It's not about pleasing seven hundred people. It's about the seven hundred and first person that's really into what you've done, and that and that's all that matters because people. There's there's a lot of people who are swimming around in these waters that shouldn't be that are just creating noise in of itself. They they've really got no intention of doing anything. I mean, they, they 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 hoover up scripts on one pound options. They walk around and go, "I've got a portfolio of projects," which is a bit like saying, "I'm going to go and speak to people." Who, which is what they really mean is, "I'm going to speak to people in money who I'm already connected with." And when they say, "I want a Chinese ballet with a slasher subplot," I go, "I've got one of them." And they and you've act and the chance of that happening is a conversation. You've given that up for a pound because. Somebody's promised you the earth. Um, now, rather than rather than go to that trouble of giving somebody carte blanche rule over your screenplay, something like I guess like what you've got with Script Revolution allows that 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 person, that seven hundred and first person, to come across it to go. That's exactly what I need—a Chinese ballet with a slash subplot. Exactly. Yeah, and you know maybe there's a demand out there for that, and you know there's probably only one person who's written a script like that, and one person who wants it. Mm. And what a great way to to marry those two people together. But you know what you say there is so true. What you've got now is you've got you've got producers who are working like agents, and you've got agents who are starting to work like producers. So what you've got is you've got like you say people approach writers with terrible deals, you know, really quite parasitic deals where they're taking ownership of their material and they're getting them to rewrite and develop it. And the writer's going along with it because it's the only route to exposure they can see. It's the only way they think they will ever get in front of a director is is by optioning it for a dollar. Out of interest, CJ, why do you think the shopping agreement hasn't evolved as a thing for screenplays? You know, the way that a a author may be asked to take a shopping agreement while you go and test the market for their book as a TV or a film, which is a pretty normal route, I think. I don't think anyone sees that as exploitative. It's more of a, I don't have any money. I think there's potential for what you've got. Would you let me have a run at it? And you can get a three-month, a six-month, or a, more if you're lucky, or if you've got money to pay, um, to go and shop it. Why, I wonder. It's interesting, yeah, because when I think about it, you're right, there is a sense of, hoarding which is kind of i mean which goes back to crimes like the way that record levels used to work it's like i'm going to back all 12 horses in a race one of them's going to win mm, yeah i mean when we saw that with you know the independent revolution in the 90s mm. which effectively you know how you know the, these these new independent you know i mean I've got, i want to call them studios because they were they were operating like studios but they were distributors mm. and their entire mentality was buy everything you can bury what you don't like and you know, pick your favourites, or, or or put more money behind what what works or seems to work. Um, I mean, what I am seeing, which is quite interesting, is I'm I'm seeing quite a, a, a um, quite a spectrum globally as to how favourable option agreements are, and you know the the optioning process are for different writers. I mean, I've got I, I know people who work in some some of the big studios, hmm. Hollywood execs high-level execs, and they're saying they're not even optioning material now. They don't, they don't even option it because the chances of someone else coming along and grabbing it 
if they don't know about it. Million to one. They, they will only buy. And um, whereas Australia, Canada, and um, still here in Europe, you you get the option agreement. So it, it's it's actually for screenwriters, it's getting the best of a bad situation. It's moving backward, not forward. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I can I can speak from experience on that one. That's for certain. I can agree. I can I, I know how that works, um, and I found it very surreal. <clears throat> but yeah, now you've said that, if the, I can see how they have a comfort in knowing that actually the world is so competitive that unless you are hot property, which means buy it, optioning it is not really getting anything for them other than a, an invoice to have to admin on. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that, well, I think it's this, it's this absurdity of how, it's how ridiculous the supply and demand has become. It's this concept of you've got more and more people around the world writing screenplays and you've got fewer and fewer places to actually make them. Well, or that people believe that they can make them. So if you are an executive in a, you know, a top studio in Hollywood right now, you can do whatever you want. I mean, you, you, can, you, can, do, you can get away with anything you want because where else do they, these people think they can go? Mm. Now, that's one of the reasons why I really want to see filmmaking grow globally and why you know, I want to help you know, these, these countries where things are building up because I think that tips the, the supply and demand a bit. That means that, you know, you, people can look at Canada, they can look at Europe, they can look at Singapore, you know, places like that, Australia, and think, well, maybe I want to option a script there, and maybe they're going to appreciate me a bit more as a writer, because they don't have 50,000, you know, submissions a year. Well, well, I guess, I guess from a, I mean, we've got obvious examples, haven't we, where someone has, has kind of considered the world outside of the traditional Hollywood model with, um, I mean, the mind's gone blank, but the, the Welsh director who, who did the Indonesian movie, The Raid, for example, I mean, I know it, it's, it's not just as straightforward as writing a screenplay and option it to Indonesia, like, but there's a great example, isn't there, of a global film market? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's exactly how it, it can work. And part of the issue is, is that, the consultants, the bloggers, everything else, and, and the mentors, the advisors, they're all in Hollywood. So everything they write is how to approach this town that they worship, how to talk to these people that they idolize. So everything keep this, this message. It's, it's, almost like, it's almost like a bit of a dog whistle. Like sometimes it's not even said, but it is you want to get to Hollywood, you want to get to Hollywood, you want to get to Hollywood. And I, and I don't argue that, you know, that's that's where the vast majority of the talent is. It's where, the, you know, the um, some of the best distributors are, some of the best agencies. But it's not everything. And no one seems to be stopping and thinking, well, maybe I want to aim somewhere else. So... Are you seeing? Are you seeing that with the? I'm guessing with the web because it's on the web. You 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 can see where your your audience is coming from. Whether that be your filmmakers looking and or your screenplay writers submitting. Have you seen a bias at all with with since you, in terms of who's found scriptrevolution.com? Um, yeah, I, I have seen that. I've I've found that typically because of where word of mouth spreads the most majority of, of people have been around the LA area, um, Toronto, um, Vancouver, 
um, London. Um, I've seen that, um, but quite a lot in the Africa regions um, and you know, some, some, some Asia areas like Singapore, places like that. Um, I tend what I tend to see is I tend to see waves, so you can almost see the global um, word of mouth spreading. So I will get I don't know I'll get five people sign up in a night from Hamburg. Yeah, because someone's gone to a screenwriting class or something like that, and they've said, "Hey, I found this website, Script Revolution. It, I think it's good." And and there'll be things like that happen. So you'll get like a block of people appear in different areas, or maybe there's a film festival. You know, maybe whilst um, Austin Film Festival's on, I'll see twenty, thirty people sign up suddenly. But out of interest, though, why? Why you know you're providing the service is very generous of you, and I understand the um the current state of play problems but it's interesting that you've, you've kind of took it upon yourself to do this. yeah well i didn't think anyone else was um and it, it just it's felt like particularly in the last two years that the situation has become increasingly higher. when i when i say when i first got into this there was there was just ink tip you could pay you could have your script listed on ink tip and i i felt that was a um, that was a, a pretty square deal. You knew what you were getting. It was black and white. You paid. You got on a listing. Blacklist appeared at the end of that year. I used it. It was a terrible experience for me um, psychologically, I found. Um, and that seemed to normalize this whole new wave of evaluation services, feedback services, and, and all sorts now. And competitions have, have gone quite you know, they've got a bit crazy. Like, I know people who are getting like 35 awards for different competitions and they're paying $15, $10 a time. And it just doesn't seem to really be working for people. And I was just sat there and I'm thinking, well, I think if I can learn the coding side and do something. Because um, I think that sometimes, you know, and I mean, you do this podcast, which is great. Mm. So you're doing something now. Yes. Yeah. I think that uh, we often fall foul of thinking, you know, maybe one day I'm going to make it big and then I'm going to do something. And I got a few years into this and I thought, you know what, maybe that's never going to happen for me and I should be doing something now and I should be holding the door open now for a new generation of filmmakers so they can get their dream. Okay. Because that's, I mean, because it's, it's, because I also, I mean, I've seen, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, I, I went to the first London Screenwriting Festival, for example, back in 2010. Now, it's not somewhere I'd go every year at all, because I don't see 400 writers in a room at X pounds per head being necessarily something that'll be useful to me. And as a business, it's a brilliant business idea. You can't, you can't really, you can't really knock that. But it does strike me that it's a, it's a bit of a dream maker, which there's nothing wrong with. But if you're not that, if you're not built that way, then it's not really anything you can get excited about. I don't think. I think if you are, if you're quite a pragmatic person who's perhaps a little bit wise to how the world often works. Sometimes you can get into these things and they kind of feel like you're being indoctrinated into a multi-level marketing scheme. Hmm. Uh, you're kind of being sold. 
I'm not anti-seminar, you know, I'm not anti-guru and stuff like that. I think some of it is useful. No, no, I, listen, I still, you know, there's plenty of podcasts I listen to that make me feel better yeah. about myself when I've finished. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of those podcasts, you know, are open and free. And, and I, I do think that tends to go hand in hand with the quality for some reason. But, you know, if you are paying to sit in a room, if you are paying for a chair, I do think sometimes you've got to question, like, is this being run by artists for artists for the better of art? Or is this actually being run by a business person who thinks, you know what, I can get five pounds, 20 pounds out of 400 people, make a killing. They're all going to convince themselves they've got something great out of it at the end. And they've got, they've got, they're not answerable to anything because they always have this caveat of, well, the only reason you're not succeeding is you haven't written that great screenplay yet. So talking of which, what, what got you? Where, what's your path to screenwriting? Are you someone that studied it from the moment they went to college, or been doing it since you were twelve, or is it something you that evolved in you? I got in late, real late. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open about you know what my situation was like, and basically, um, six years ago, I had a mental breakdown. Right. And ended up on the floor in tears with the cat staring down at me, wondering what had gone wrong with me, and it was because um, I wasn't. I wasn't expressing any art, so I completely left it behind. I was, you know, um, struggled, struggled as a student, especially with English, but really, really wanted to write. You know, that was six years ago. I optioned my first feature script last week. Mm, congratulations. Feature. Thank you very much. Can you tell us what that is? It's a script called Blueberry Special, mm -hmm. um, single location thriller set in a diner. Right. Um, lots of monologues. Um, basically, it, it's like it's, it's it's exactly what people tell you not to write. I'm, a, I'm you know I love being a rule breaker, and I've been so obsessed with screenwriting since I got into it. Obsessed. Had a lot of time. Had a lot of time to to dwell on it, and I just keep seeing over and over again that we're, we're buying this, we're buying into this fictional view of how it all works. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm seeing through the looking glass with it. Um, Script Revolution is very much along the same lines of that, of saying it doesn't need to be like this. We, we can have a better system. Well, if you want some reassurance about what your screenplay is in terms of others that may have gone down that road too, I don't know if you've, if, I don't know if you've ever seen Sean Hogan's uh, Devil's Business at all. This includes, I think it's a seven-minute monologue, which when I interviewed him about it, I said, every screenwriting book and every development person would have said, you can't do that. And you've done it, and it works really well. Because in the context is what matters, not, not the idea of a seven-minute monologue. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, rule building. There's a terrible amount of rule building. A lot of people that say you can do X, but you can't do Y. And the, the, the piece of advice I hate the most, the one that really winds me up, is this concept of, you know, if you're good enough, you get to break the rules. And can you imagine telling a painter they can't use a certain colour unless they get famous first? Or telling a musician they can't use a certain sequence of notes because they've never had a number one hit? I mean, it's absolutely absurd what we're told. Well, I'm a big fan of script notes, the um, Craig Mazan and John August podcast about screenplay writing. 
And Craig has a mantra on there that he refers to whenever he's asked. Quite, I don't know if you listen to it at all, <clears throat> but he asks. He, they often get asked by their listeners about this rule or that rule, this dogma, that dogma. And Craig's mantra is, "There are no rules." Yeah, I, I mean, you know, script notes has has helped so many people, and it really helped me too because that's all I listened to in my first year. Um, I didn't hang out with any screenwriting communities. I wrote three screenplays. I listened to those guys. And I have to say, Craig in particular, you know, over and over again, just hammered home this this concept of, you know, stop believing the people that can't do this, telling you all this nonsense. Um, and I'm so thankful that, you know, it's proof of how powerful a good podcast can be, isn't it, really? I mean, very thankful to have access to that straight away. I was going to say, well, then the fact that you and I both, Without you know, this is the first time we've come together and talked, and have known each other sort of in the internet universe. That's about it. And we both, and we're not alone, obviously, in being fans of script notes. Because um, the, the other one, I think he nailed it better than anybody, where he said so, the, the idea of script evaluation, and he was basically saying, "Would you go to a demolition expert to find out how to build a building?" <laughs> because that's all they're doing. They deconstruct. If you deconstruct American Beauty, whoop de do. But it doesn't yeah. make you it doesn't make you able to write American Beauty. I agree with that. Yeah, and I love that. That's one of my favourite. Uh... Well, look, let's let's tell people how how can they where, where do they go to get Script Revolution? What, what's the address and everything? It's um, scriptrevolution dot com. Okay, no hyphens or anything like that. Pretty simple. I'll put that in the show notes. So it's free to free to join, free to submit, and it's free for filmmakers looking for screenplays. So there's. So anybody, people listening to this who are screenwriters, then it's a place you can make your work available to be potentially seen. And for people looking for scripts, and particularly if they know what type they want, then you've created a repository which is, which is set by various meta tags to enable you to drill down and maybe get it down to maybe five or six that might be something you could make into a movie or at least option and begin to develop with a writer. Yeah. That's it. That's a nice. That's a nice summary, Stuart. Thank you. Well, look, thanks very much for your patience, first and foremost, and for giving us your time on the Britflix podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. The Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free. If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Or if you want to help me out directly, there's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. The music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com.